You're listening to Art Root Radio, and I'm your host, Michelle Lockery. As an artist who painted large murals in many communities around the world, all roads always led back to the small coal mining town that I was born in. The little town of Michelle Natal, in a mining community of five mines, was the hub of our province of British Columbia. Immigrants came there to work. There was many, many stories of trial and tribulations. And as a child, I would listen under the kitchen table to the stories of my immigrant grandparents and grandmother, of the hard times, of the good times. And all the while, this little girl would look up underneath from the table and hear the voices like on a Charlie Brown cartoon. But I remembered those voices and I remembered those stories. It's very interesting that I went on to be a storyteller who painted large images. I traveled the world and based on those immigrant stories and those memories, I would always embrace the new stories and I couldn't wait to go to a museum and research, go with the people from that community and research and let them tell me of their glory and their sad stories. Everybody has a story that can break your heart. There's a thread that goes through all of the murals. I did not plan to move to the Okanagan. I did not plan my life. My life has unfolded. So to me, when I discovered a letter from my grandfather looking for his long-lost brother, it was very life-changing. Our last name of Sanishin is not a common name. So when I saw the letter of my grandfather searching for a brother who had went missing, it didn't connect. My father passed away not long after that, and, and I went home to, do, to help my mom and, and to do what we all do when the passing of a patriarch happens. And we opened up a trunk. And in that trunk were documents that didn't make sense. We knew we were from Ukraine. We knew we were from an Eastern European world, but yet the document said UK. We started to unravel from what that letter was to what did or didn't make sense. And then the pain and the stories I remembered started to unravel like an onion. It turns out my grandfather was from a family that was interned in Canada. I had no idea. I had no idea while painting murals and researching trains and planes and automobiles that I would find a piece of my missing history. My grandfather never got the piece of learning what happened to his brother. He never got to explain the shame. We only knew that he lost the farm. We only got the horrible stories of what a hard man he was. I now see that he was a very brave man who had many obstacles and he led people through unions and a way to support people and feed families. In that journey, it was time and I met a woman who taught me more about my past through her own past, our connected past. And that woman was named Andrea Malish. And in that, the Sunflower Project bloomed. I had been at the school painting a multicultural mural and her sister was a teacher. All of a sudden, the threads start weaving like the yellow lines on the highway. We are all connected and the sunflower mural was born. There's a story about peace in this mural. The mural is in Vernon and it is a very, very powerful, huge image of a couple coming to Canada. 
with the invitation to come to Canada from our government. An invitation for land. Land, come for land, come for freedom, come for the free world. And I picture my four parents coming in their, their beautiful clothing, coming from a land that had treated them harshly to an invitation to come here. And then to realize that once they got here, they were turned into slave labor, they were treated unfairly, their rights were taken away. All of that is a healing process for me on the sunflower mural. The purple of the mural represents the pain, the cold, the wondering of why that happened to them. They had left a world that was so harsh, yet they were treated like enemy aliens. They were treated like criminals, but they weren't. There's hope in the mural because the sunflower, which is the flower of Ukraine, and I believe the true golden ratio and the very eyes of our planet, represents the hope. And that hope was, yes, as they built the Canadian infrastructure, and yes, they carried the burden of moving those rocks on the highway and the agricultural and the business and the disrespect that happened. But the seeds of hope that sat in the little seeds of sunflowers that the women brought with them mean everything, the seeds of hope. The sunflower is an indigenous to North America, yet that very plant saved the economy of Russia and Ukraine. Peter the Great took that seed and planted sunflowers for the oil when the rapeseed failed. I find that very, very fascinating because now in our project, the Sunflower Project, we hope to bring hope and an economy back through the creativeness of arts, culture, the art of living, of growing food, the art of interconnecting our communities, of the trade routes, and of taking our resources and sharing them and connecting them. And the skills in all those stories, that is the important part. Cabbage water for as an antibiotic. There's so many secrets that our ancestors, our Indigenous ancestors, our Indigenous friends on this country, and our Indigenous immigrants who are displaced, although they're Indigenous to this world. COVID has brought us all to this place of, we're all in this together. I believe that that sunflower mural is pivotal. When we opened the wall and opened the mural, we had a gathering and the church was there, our Indigenous allies were there, the chief was there, all our artists come together of all nationalities, the crowd, and we exchanged bread. The Okanagan chief welcomed the immigrants to Canada. The, the love and the openness in that moment was breathtaking. I have a picture of a priest's feet, the chief's feet, and all of these artists coming together and immigrants on a parking lot, on a piece of land, in front of a giant piece of art, everybody working together. I've read many studies on the indigenous work of the women who helped the, the Ukrainian women as they were starving, as women and children were in the camps. We worked together. When you think of the Sunflower Project, it, it's, it's such a, a vital symbol of hope, of peace, of life, and of us 
waking up to the fact we are all on this planet together. And to me, that sunflower project will be the needle that sows the future together. It will be something that will be left behind, the image of why, but the potential for the future in the sunflower tangled in the barbed wire. We all have a story. What I ask from Art Root Radio is, what's your story? And how is it connected to somebody else's? We are all in this together, and we will all get out of this together. I am just grateful enough to know that there are people who believe in one seed of hope planted in the ground, and you ask one friend to plant a seed, all of a sudden, we have a crop, and we can feed the nation, and we can feed the globe. That's my story. So when I met Lana, who created the play Seeds of Hope, and we had the discussion of what was that story? How important is it? And she created this play. The creation of that play is pivotal because she's giving voice to those stories. I'm recording my mom and many of the people affected by the internment in Canada. It hasn't gone away because that story's been somehow given money to be educated on. That story lives in us all. That pain is is ancestral. Every country has hurt another country. It's, it's inhumanity. We, it's a horrendous border battle of a patriarch world that has to end. And as we move forward, I truly believe that that can change, where we can build community again. This play is so important, The Seeds of Hope, because that will have longevity. The fact that the students of that play are from the very school where the Seton internment camp was. It was the internment camp, is now the Seton High School, and the students there are creating the words from my storyline and other storylines and other family stories that Lana has researched. That is an incredible tool. And it only proves the power of arts in a mural, the power of arts in a song, and the power of arts in a play is our education. Formal education is a regurgitation of creation of what artisans make, of facts, of things that have been created. While our new revolution is, we are now recreating again. The education lies in the hand and the lands and the stories. So when you see the sunflower mural and you see the play or you see any art built on those stories, it is all of our story. What's your story? And that's the t-shirt at Art Root Radio that we wear. Well, good morning, Lana. Welcome good to Good morning. Welcome to Take It to the Wall, my podcast about art and social change and everything in between. So, I'm excited to be here. So tell me something. How did we end up connecting? Well, I've known about for many, many years, actually. Um, you're pretty famous around here, you and your beautiful walls and other community projects that you've been involved in. Um, I actually, I don't think I remember how we specifically connected on this project, but um, somehow the forces connected us. <laughs> I don't know. Well, don't tell me. Do you remember? Well, I'm, I'm trying to remember too, and it's, um, I think... I don't remember. I think there maybe was an email you were doing this. You were looking for stories. 
I think because what you had started is that you had wanted to do the story of internment. Am I right? That is exactly right. Yeah. So this project was actually, it's been in my brain for a few years and we shelved it the first time that we started the project only because we were, we were thinking of like an evening of two one act plays and the other play that was going to be in partnership with this story ended up becoming all consuming in its own world. And so I just parked this one and I thought there will be a better time for it. And then when COVID hit and we all started talking so much about isolation and overcoming these crazy obstacles that we're having to overcome with COVID, um, I thought, it, the time is now. This is the time to talk about isolation and the context of the internment camps and the history of our school. And then it broadened out to becoming uh, telling the story about the internment camps all across Canada. And so it was, we dusted off the research that we had collected a few years ago with the help of Gabe Newman and um, carried forward and, and started into this project. And that's when you and I became um, specifically connected for this, but I feel like I've known you for a really long time. I know it's it's kind of, it's nice. It's kind of well. I always say, you know, and that's why we're so you know passionate about the Sunflower Project is connecting students and seniors and creative people through stories, right? And I think I always think about how did I connect with so many people, and it was always in front of the wall. And I was thinking, well, is it only because I was out in the public? But I don't think so. I think that we still connect through our stories, even digitally. Absolutely. So tell me about, so you, this is with Seton School, which is so crazy. And then you had, this is, I'm now remembering you had, there was a photo you also did and you, didn't you recreate a scene? Yes, I think that's exactly it when you reached out to me. That's perfect. So uh, yeah, I'm a drama teacher at Seton Secondary School. I have been there since 2001. um, So quite a long time now. And Um, we've devised theater in the past around historical events and whatnot. We did a Holocaust show, actually my first year at Seton in 2001. And, um, when we started to do this project, the theater company kids actually had come into the class thinking that we were going to be doing a Shakespeare production because before COVID that was what was in the books. And they showed up for school on, in September on the first day of school. And I said, surprise, we're not doing Shakespeare. I have a new idea. And I pitched them this concept of telling the story about the internment camps because, of course, we were dealing with um, kids in cohort groups and not able to mix and mingle with each other. We had to keep a lot of distance between us. And so I thought, what an interesting way to look at the the topic of isolation in a way that's so pertinent relevant like we're living the history as we're creating the show for the students and uh, one of the days while we were working through the research material I pulled up a photograph of children playing in what is now called McDonald Park which is the field behind Seton School and I said there are 13 children in this photograph and our theater company has 12 kids in it I said we can basically recreate this photo and the kids thought that was just a wild idea so we really looked deeply in the photo we looked at the horizon on the skyline we looked at the tree the younger tree that the kids were playing in front of and I don't actually know if it's the same tree but 
the process with the kids was it looks like the same tree the shape of the branches where the where the y in the tree is it looks like a young version of the tree that's in the back field and so we went out in front of that tree and recreated the photograph and i just thought this is too cool to keep to ourselves <laughs> so i i edited the modern photo to be similar in color and saturation to the original photograph and then i posted it on instagram and just sort of let people know what the project was that we were working on so and i it kind of bloomed from there well it, it was really profound to me being that my family was interned my great great grandfather and great uncle were so to me that had been in our narrative all the time talking about especially on that park right trying to do stuff when I painted the mural that story is how I found out that my family was interned and then I had been speaking to my mom about you know still residual pain from those you know they're trying to heal and as she's aging and locked up those stories are coming out more and it's been fascinating and I saw that picture and I went isn't it profound you know that that's where it all happened we were planting sunflowers and you actually created that photo that was just almost like a time capsule it, yeah it, we'll have to share that I'll share that when we when we post the podcast to, to show how you know time and with everything that's happening in the world it's so important for works like yours because you know look what was happening and can happen so education through the arts, I'm just, I'm just so grateful that you've, you've done this because it's what I know on a lot in my circle through, you know, what I do work with art and the Ukrainians, not just Ukrainian story, the, the entire internment story through what you're saying will be such a way to educate people in a kind of a, an engaging way that is history and importance, but it's sort of like. I guess, I don't know if it's like engaging, you know, sometimes digital is a softer way to educate. Would you say, you know? Uh, it's, I don't know about those descriptions. It's very, very different. For some kids, it's softer. For some kids, it's really aggressive. I think okay. it really is personality dependent. <laughs> that that's, that's a good, because I know for my mom, if I talk to my mom, um, she has a softer in some ways, but then I've talked to other members of my family who are very, they don't want to see it visually. So maybe it's how you process information, right? So for me, yeah. right? For me, I know when I talk to people about the mural, like when I painted the mural, there was a lot of aggression or tears or happiness. Like the, it was, it's such a, a, a medium that has so much power. Definitely. For me, the, the toughest shift has been I'm a, I create live theater. I don't make movies. <clears throat> and for me, the audience, well, for all theater creators, the audience is the other character. And with COVID-19, I get really emotional talking about this. This is crazy. <laughs> um, we miss that audience. Oh, my God. I, I couldn't even imagine because, well, you're, you're right. That's the other view and that's the other character. I love that. I actually we, we talk a lot about breath, right? And yes. and that symbiosis between the live actor and the audience member and how the the emotions are I don't like to use the word manipulated, but a good actor can manipulate an audience's reaction and emotions. You bet. And so when we take away that audience, there's such a huge piece of that puzzle missing. So um, for me, trying to, to tell a live theater story through a digital medium has definitely been um, 
challenging. <laughs> I'll just say, um, I'm not sure that it is like, I'm very proud, very proud of the end product. I'm very proud of the legacy of the script. Um, I have always had trouble watching recorded versions of live theater on, on a television screen. Right. So I have 26 years of archive videos <laughs> that I never watch, but right. I think this one is different in that we created it to be filmed. And so it does have a bit of a different a feeling, although still hangs on to that sort of live theatrical experience as much as we could anyway. But it's, it's definitely, um, yeah, it's been a strange pivot. We hear that word a lot these days. We hear that word a lot. I've had to pivot and I know so many people and that's why this podcast is important because we're reaching out to the creatives who are, what am, what's my next step? Is, so is there plans? So I, I, I know it's it's going to be released digitally, but do you have a plan in your head? I see it being performed in that field, in that place of where it happened. At this point, I don't actually have a plan. Um, the future is cloudy. Yeah. <laughs> we, the end is not yet in sight. I guess it's sort of in sight in terms of um, with vaccines on the horizon and People keep saying by this time next year, you know, this will all be over. But um, yeah, I'm in terms of this particular show, I really hope that it will have a life beyond this year and maybe be produced in different places around Canada. I'm not sure what the future holds. For I, me, I, I have no clear answer for that for you today. I'm sorry. Well, it's interesting sitting here. I see a great future for it because it's such an important story and I think possibly I mean I know the pain that it has caused my family and I know I have held on and I get emotional over it and that's what the Sunflower Project is about is that you know how we built the infrastructure of this country was on the back of so many people and so much pain and I am proud to come from that group of resilient people that had to pivot I mean they came across the world with hope and they got here and you know there was pain maybe and I don't know anything I mean I don't know anything that's that's my motto in life I just here to learn <laughs> I'm just here to learn is that maybe the important part is that we had a a seed a little window into what freedom taking our freedoms away was like and maybe the power of that and and I feel your pain I'm I'm so grateful to know you and grateful that you've done this. But maybe that is that when the viewers see it digitally, they will be able to hear better. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I have to listen to my mom who's locked up and my mother-in-law, who my husband hasn't seen for months because of COVID. And she has stories of internment. And I think... I guess we're living in very important times and the power of what, and the bravery. I would like to say you were very brave to take this on. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, um, I love the medium of theater to tell people's stories. I, I often teach the students, I, maybe I'm, a, I'm not a broken record. I think it's an important message. I say when you're an actor, you, you hear the expression all the time. You don't really understand someone until you walk a mile in their shoes. I said, but to be a good actor, you have to go way beyond walking a mile in those shoes. And you have to breathe as that person. You have to have digested their breakfast and 
and feel their heartbeat. You can't just pretend like, you know, slap a character on top of who you are. You actually have to really become that person and with their sympathies and with their prejudices and all of the things that make us who we are. And so you learn how to be a better human being. You learn how to be more compassionate and you learn how to listen better when you really tap into the skill of being a good actor. And for kids who, I mean, of course, the age group that I work with, teenagers and just people in general, we are, we're quite self-absorbed and self-interested. Um, teenagers, though, in particular, and I love the the sometimes daunting task of shaking kids out of themselves and getting them to try to like really hear and see and feel the world in a different way. And it's shows like this in particular that, um, that is so profound for them. And I think it's very interesting talking to the kids. One of the things that really, um, shook them up and, and surprised them was when we did the research about how, um, the city of Vernon approached the internment camp in, in this time period, 1914 to 1920, and how, uh, of course, there are exceptions, but the, the broad brush is that the citizens of Vernon really detested these interned people and thought they were scum right? And they profited off of them and just thought, keep them locked up in there forever. That's where they belong. And that sentiment really surprised the kids because I think for them, you know, they, they're like, they hope that their family members and that they would never act like that, you know, and then that takes us into a deeper conversation about, well, critical thinking and don't just swallow all of the information that you're taught, but actually look at it deeply, try to see all sides of a situation before you, you make your determination. And those are the kinds of lifelong conversations that will stay with those kids. Oh, for sure. I mean, in my work with uh, teenagers as well, having them on the wall teaching and the different heritage stories showed them a lens and really they found, found a new interest. I remember this one girl, she was like, I never really liked school. And yet when I would send her to the museum to research on a mural, she would come back with, did you know, she'd said to me, that women weren't allowed to wear pants at this date? And did you know? So a lot of learning of actually feeling it on the wall and then having people show up on the wall, seniors explaining that and showing pictures. It was a profound, and teenagers are such open, uh -huh. right? They're so open. One of the, when I was on the mural painting, a lady came up and she was quite angry and she was like, why are you painting that mural? She said, you know, and she was from that time period, you know, her family would have remembered. Not, and she said to me, she says, well, it wasn't like we were mean to them. We threw bread over. And I was like, pardon me, you threw bread <laughs> over the fence? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right? But she Like you feed your slops to the pig in the backyard, right? Oh. Terrible. And, well, and it was really, and I'm, I remember standing there going, that's where my family was. And, and, but she, I think she felt shame and pain. It was just profound. And that's why this podcast is so important because I'm trying to bring those walls to life. And I see a play eventually in front of that mural because I don't think, you know, people understand why is that, that couple giant and purple? Why, why is it dark? Like why is, and I think 
bringing stories to life are just, it's just, I guess time travel. I just keep going back that it's time travel and it's. It would be really beautiful to set up a platform and um, do the, the play or parts of the play, at least in front of that mural. I think that would be so awesome. Just to relive time and to try to teach us. And it's so funny, like with everything that's been happening politically and all of this, I'm just in so much, I'm so grateful for having connections with, with, artists like you and teachers like you and educators like you and social worker, because I know that's everything you do in your work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I will leave a, um, a link to the bottom of where people can get tickets, but tell me how can people see this play? So we have um, employed the Vernon and District Performing Arts Center and their streaming service to help us get this out to people. Um, so on Friday, January the 29th, Saturday the 30th and Sunday the 31st, you can buy a ticket, and I use air quotes, um, on the ticketseller.ca website but what it is is you're making a donation which will then direct you to the link to stream the show and you can pick either one of those days and it will be released at noon on that day and you have 12 hours to watch your show anywhere in that time period well that that's exciting and i'm going to share this because i want the whole world to see this my mom is so excited my uncle is so excited and they want to watch it together because they're excited. But I think they're a little scared because I think it's going to bring emotions up. My mom's very proud to have just even known about this. So again, Lana, thank you so much. And um, the Sunflower is going to lead us. We're, we're starting our Sunflower Project again. And last year we planted nearly a million sunflowers. And this year we hope to plant many, many more. So please, everybody, please buy a ticket to this watch this and help Lana raise money so that she can tell the story for a long time. Thank Thanks you so, so much, Michelle. What would you like to leave? Can you leave me with something about the production behind? What's your quote? I think, I think the biggest thing for me is the sense of hope that the kids from today now know this story and will remember it forever and will walk into the world with their eyes wide open about how important it is to treat other people with kindness and respect and dignity um to not i mean the ending part of the play goes into the into the future and the present of how many times these kinds of atrocities have happened around the globe and that hopefully these stories will be told enough times that humankind will learn that these conflicts aren't aren't right, that this is not the way to treat humanity. So for me, it's a message of hope that there, there may be brighter days ahead. I think that's all we could do is hope. And on this show, which is, we've called it Art Root Radio, that we need to listen to the radio again because it connects us all. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lana. Thank you. Art Root Blue. 
It's the art and the history connecting all communities. The water flows through indigenous blue. The tides rise and fall, connecting us all. Water is life, hear our call. The water flows through indigenous blue.